0: Thank <laughs> you. Welcome to Open Mind UFO Radio. I am your host, Alejandro Rojas, and we have with us Martin UFO Guru Willis.
1: Wow, I'm honored. Thank you, sir. Thank you.
0: Mm-hmm. I called you a guru. That is a very high level of, uh, of knowledge that uh, I feel you can demonstrate in this
1: field. Well, I don't know about that, but um, let's just say that I listen to other people that are pretty involved and just kind of absorb as much as I can, just like you.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, if you're not a guru, what would you call yourself?
1: <laughs> um, well, let me just bounce that right back at you. What do you call yourself? Oh, jeez.
0: Yeah, I got you, didn't I? <laughs> you got me. <laughs> I guess you are just a UFO
1: dude. Or enthusiast, maybe?
0: Yeah, you know, a lot of people, and and this is an interesting topic, a lot of people get upset with that phrase enthusiast. I do not. Um, I'm an enthusiast. I'm not really an activist. At times, maybe I do a little bit of activism uh, in this field. But, uh, you know, I don't see why people get offended by being called an enthusiast. I'm not. Yeah. Okay.
1: Especially since I called myself one.
0: Yeah martin ufo enthusiast willis welcome yeah. thanks man let's talk about first uh my guest if you don't mind and then we'll get into some ufo news sure why well, you're here of course but uh my guest is lorian fenton um she does some california Fournia mufon stuff she uh has a conference a UFOcon con type thing and uh you know i see her at a lot of the conferences i saw her at mufon the MUFON Symposium recently, and uh, she has something interesting she's doing. Like she was inspired at the UFO Congress. Uh, we have experiencer sessions where we have Avon Smith and, and others. In fact, Barbara Lamb, I believe, was the first to start this, uh, where you know people who feel they've experienced different things uh, come and talk together early in the morning. And then uh, we've added, because there's so many people, we do it at night as well, but uh, she was inspired by that, but she noticed, you know, there's a lot of people with a lot of different types of experiences. And sometimes they seem to be a little uncomfortable altogether when one's showing a UFO sighting and then the other one's talking about talking to uh, reptilian aliens or something. So she is having a conference, but she's separating all of these different types of experiences, which I thought was interesting because I don't know anybody who's done that before, and she's writing a book uh, uh, based on kind of uh, people's different uh, uh, experiences or, you know, what they perceive to have as a, you know, uh, communications or sightings. Interesting. Well, I noticed
1: when I was out in Phoenix last year that There were some experiencers that met early in the morning, Mm
2: -hmm.
1: you know, and so in a way they kind of, you know, did this with themselves. But, uh, yeah, I can understand, you know, something doesn't fit for everybody, but just to be able to share with other people, share the burden or whatever it is, Mm -hmm. I think that's pretty important.
0: Well, and let me ask you about this. There's been this new movement kind of to use the word experiencer instead of abduction, uh, instead of alien abduction. What are your thoughts on that?
1: Well, it's kind of like, um, you know, the UFO word. It's, uh, um, you know, how certain people don't like to use that word. Yeah. Yeah. Because they think it has a bad, you know, connotation. And I think it's the same thing um, with abduction. I, I spoke to someone briefly about that at the Experiences Speak conference in Maine a few weeks ago, and they were saying, yeah, well, you know, abductions usually like, You're taken against your will, and an experiencer is someone that is not so much or has many times. They were trying to explain it to me in that way. I don't know. Um, You know, a rose is a rose by any other name. Uh, You know, I think it's whatever is happening is happening. doesn't really matter to me. I think people get hung up on words an awful lot today.
0: Yeah, I guess that's true. And, you know, uh, it's just one of the things which is we're going to talk about uh, with Lorian. It's just that a lot of people do feel they were abducted and that it was a negative thing. And now they're being called experiencers. So I guess you're right. But um, it's just kind of a funny thing because uh, I know like uh, MUFON has taken alien abduction completely off their website and replaced really? it with experiencers. Oh. Um, <laughs> so funny. Yeah, interesting stuff. But, uh, yeah, why don't we just get into the news, uh, UFO news, and what you got for me, buddy? You want to start it off?
1: Well, there was one Alejandro Rojas wrote this article. Hey, that's me. October 2nd. I think it's great. Um, Hillary Clinton's campaign chairman encourages alien inquiry, and here he is again, uh, John Podesta. Um, Now, it's funny, going back, to when he did this tweet a while back um, speaking with Leslie Kane. She said, you know, it's his sense of humor. This was the uh, one that he posted a while back. Mm-hmm. Finally, my biggest failure of 2014, once again, not securing the disclosure of the UFO files. Well, she was thinking he's joking, but I tend to not think he's joking He because he does bring these things up all the time. Now, this one was um, in regards to a interview that hillary did with uh lena um and it it says basically great interview at lena dunham uh but lena ask her about aliens next time and you know maybe it is a little bit of uh, of a joke um it's possibly going out a little bit on a limb actually i believe you know because of being on a campaign trail that is something that uh I don't think um, someone would want to get into too deeply. I'll take your thoughts on that. But um, it's backfired uh, before. And so I think this is actually uh, kind of a bold statement at this point. You know, uh, whether Hillary will get in as um, how far she'll go with this um, email, you know, scam, more or less, whatever you want to call it, the security thing. Um, that may really hurt her. And it, it's not about talking about politics in general, but um, I just don't know how far she's going to get um, because of that type of situation. And if she was president, um, what would John be doing? Would he be pushing this the whole time? It's all all things to ponder for sure. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I, I'm in the joking camp, and a lot of people get frustrated to irate about me saying that but uh, and and there's two reasons I guess one of them is because of Leslie Kane Um, she knew him Um, you know a lot of people may know that John Podesta came out with her and uh, NBC when they were running the sci-fi channel to do kind of this campaign for disclosure and uh, he was at the National Press Club talking about UFOs and about how you know we need to release information on that and so leslie kane knew him and she said he had sort of a dry sense of humor the other thing is that in this next time ask her about aliens he's her campaign manager i think if he was seriously uh wanting her to expose something or really trying to push her first of all he's got her ear he can Mm -hmm. meet her and talk about this and if he was serious you know I think they would come up with a real strategy to do something as opposed to a tweet which is really going to hurt her more than anything if you really push this issue. So I think much will also be uh, uh, told when she is actually posed the question and I think she will be posed the question at some point. Um, Just because a lot of people have. If she does, and I made the point on the story, if she goes on the Jimmy Kimmel show, you know he's going to ask. So uh, Mm -hmm. I have a feeling they already have a canned response ready, and I bet it's a joke. That could very well be. So I'll bet they've got some joke they think is great. Maybe John Podesta (laughs) penned it himself as a response to this. So we'll see, but I did review, you know, even if uh, she was asked a question, would she have anything to say? I don't know that she would have much, but it is interesting that Grant Cameron did some work to find out that uh, Lawrence Rockefeller during the Bill Clinton years uh, was really pushing to get UFOs released, and, uh, you know, a lot of people knew that, Um, and in fact, he had funded this book to be put together that my colleague Antonio Junia is actually uh, authored, but it was a lot of researchers who put it together on the best UFO cases, and he got that to Hillary. And uh, there are some documents that Grant Cameron uncovered that shows that uh, Lawrence Rockefeller was working on this issue directly with Hillary, or at least going through her office to give her this UFO information. And uh, you, you know, he found a couple letters where Rockefeller is like, you know, asking, saying. Here's some information, um, you know, sending it to Hillary's office and to the uh, assistant to the president for science and technology, John Gibbons, and saying that, you know, we hope to prompt the president to uh, actually take this issue seriously. So she does have some experience and and we cover that as well. But uh, yeah, it is is weird and interesting um, that this guy, that John Podesta, keeps bringing the topic up. And it could be... That maybe Lena Dunham is is said John, told John Podesta, "Hey, I believe in UFOs too," and so it's an inside joke between them or something. I mm-hmm. have no idea, but well, uh,
1: you, you make a good point when you say that. Of course, being a campaign manager, he can definitely steer the questions during an interview. That mm-hmm. that's absolutely the truth for sure. Um, I had uh, um, John Alexander on the show last week
2: mm-hmm.
1: on my show, and. You know, he made a pretty good point. You know, we have been at war since 2001. And, you know, so it's not like something that's going to be at the top of the list, uh, any type of disclosure or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So.
0: I mean, why? I don't see. There's no reason to, even if these people have any information, their plate is full. And uh, and one of the reasons I'm not so much an activist is that we don't know much about this ourselves. And there's much more important topics. I'm sorry, you know, um, this is uh, something I do uh, and have a passion for. But, uh, you know, when you people dying and uh, and hunger and uh, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: so many important issues out there. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I mean, for God's sake, Syria and this, you know, renewed Cold War, we're starting to brew with with Russia um you know, I know you had went there on your diplomatic mission to try to help and almost got thrown off a cliff by an old lady.
2: How's that I, first
0: spin? <laughs> yeah, I got out alive though that may take out pretty exciting your trip there, yeah. huh? but uh you know there you go <sighs> yeah we'll see, but uh, I am anxiously awaiting her being asked the question. That's for sure,
1: yeah, it will be interesting to see how she handles it, and if she'll just. You know, shrug it off like uh, in a joke. Yeah. yep.
0: So, um, and I don't, you know, Bill's talked about, he's been asked the question quite a bit because he certainly was uh, interested in UFOs. uh, But Hillary, I do not believe, has been asked the question. So it should be interesting. And uh, she might have an Obama type of, you know, just joke answer. But we'll see.
1: Maybe she could say that's what all her missing emails were about.
0: Yeah, there you go.
1: That Mm -hmm. would be fun.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, the story I want to bring up, uh, we've got a few videos that are kind of interesting that we've had posted recently from Roger Marsh. He's doing a great job going through the MUFON files and posting uh, videos, mostly of cases that have been completed where it's an unknown. They don't know what, what it was in the end. And one of those is this this uh, video from Houston of these strange lights in the sky. Now, at first you see these strange lights. You, you don't know what the hell's going on. He, he does in the video zoom out so you can see, you know, and when he zooms out, it just looks like, you know, some mundane bright light in the sky. And you see the ground, you see this uh, light pole. But when he zooms in, you get this really weird effect with these lights turning on and off. They look kind of like globs of light. Um, He said this was at like 4.30 a.m. in the morning. He says he was in shock and awe. So it was really weird. He said he had grabbed his camcorder out of his truck. Um, He also says he is, uh, and this is what some people have pointed out as a possible problem, that he's making an independent feature-length film and... On UFOs, it seems like, and that this video is being used in his trailer of this film. So some people are saying, "Uh oh, this guy's a filmmaker. Is he faking this stuff?" You know, um, in order to promote his movie. But you know, I've sent it to people like Ben Hanson, Mark D'Antonio. I haven't heard from Mark actually, but Ben Hanson was thinking, at least, you know, he doesn't see any manipulation as far as CGI yet. He wants to look further into it. And uh, and Lee was really interested in it, Spiegel from the Huffington Post, so he's going to probably write something up, and we'll see what responses he gets when he has people analyze it. But um, so far, nobody's seen any obvious problems in the video itself, and uh, I think you said you saw it, and it's
1: really weird, right? It's really quite amazing. You know, it's one of the better ones uh, that I've seen in in a while, but it is a, a real odd like morphing, um, but it looks like some type of energy. Yeah, it's a good one.
0: Mm-hmm. Good, very good video.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So. And then it kind of, like toward the end of it, it kind of like the large glob part kind of goes away, and the little dots are there. Yeah, very globs strange. and dots. But that is, um, now it does make you wonder if he's doing a film, you know, what are the odds of him actually seeing something uh huh. And filming it if uh, he's doing a film on UFOs. Yeah. Hmm.
0: I just had a weird thought. What's that? You know, I was thinking uh, it would be so fun, and uh, this being radio or, or audio, if we could somehow show the people this on radio and and what technologies there might exist. This conversation, you know, is going on with myself in my head. Actually, why we we're speaking, believe it or not. But, you know, maybe in the future, I, you and I had talked about, and I remembered something you had said, the old dial-up, you know, where mm-hmm. you call and it's like that fax machine kind of noise. Yeah. be interesting if, you know, we develop a noise like that where it just kind of can program your brain, and in people's brains,
1: then they see the image. Wow. Wouldn't that be cool? That is. Uh, that may come someday. Yeah. So. Absolutely. And so- then... A- Then you could really mess with people. Yeah. So some of you smart dudes
0: out there, maybe, you know, try to take my idea. I don't mind. And uh, figure this out. I'm too busy to develop it. So if we wait for me, uh, it won't happen. So that's your task, smart guys. Go create this little uh, fax machine download thing.
1: Yeah. You may be giving away like a gazillion dollars in patent rights. I know. I know. I won't even get credit. We'll see. Yeah.
0: Oh, well, that's life, but at least it'll exist, and you and I will benefit, because on our show, we'll have this noise go, and then they'll be able to see the uh, UFO in their mind. Just remember,
1: folks, you heard it first here. Yeah, that's right. Open Minds.
0: Well, there's the news. I mean, those are the bigger stories, these two. Uh, Like I said, there are some other videos. Uh, Martin and I had talked about uh, some of them, uh, I think... Well, one of them on your show, like there's this one in North Carolina. Did you get a chance to look at that one?
1: No, you know, I have not yeah. since I've been back.
0: I mean, it's a star-like object, and the guy says it was moving one direction slowly and oh, then yes, moved I did. back the other yes, way. Yes, I did
1: see that. And um, you mentioned on my show that you thought it's possible that he moved his camera. Yeah. But to me, I don't see that. It does, yeah. does very much appear that it is moving back and forth.
0: Huh? Yeah. I mean, I it felt like that. At one point, he does move his camera. You can tell. But um, yeah, it seems like this movement, this back and forth slow movement was before he moved his camera. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's another really interesting one. So check that out. Of course, you guys can find all of these stories at openminds.tv. And I want to thank you, Martin, for coming on the show and uh, joining me for the news portion.
1: A pleasure as always.
0: All right, thanks very much, and of course you can hear Martin every Wednesday on Art Bell's Dark Matter Radio Network um, on his show UFO Podcast.
1: Right? That's right. Well, podcast UFO. Right? Oh
0: yeah. See, so you're supposed to say that's right. I'm awesome. Catch my show.
1: See you I later. Know, this is one of those awkward uh-huh. moments. Oh, okay. <laughs> that yeah. that I'm that I'm known for. You see. Oh. Yeah. I'm trying to
0: make it more awkward. Like you do the,
1: yeah, good. um, Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh,
0: Yeah. um, (laughs) Awkward. (laughs) Hashtag awkward. All right. Cool. Thanks, man. And we'll talk to you later.
1: You bet. Talk to you next week.
0: Bye. I am very excited to welcome to the show Lorian Fenton. Hello. How are you?
2: I'm great, Alejandra. How are you?
0: I'm doing pretty well. Very, very busy, but good.
2: Oh, We had a bash-up weekend, didn't we, this last weekend at the MUFON Symposium. Wasn't that fun?
0: Yep. It's always fun to see everybody. Um, The weather was beautiful. Uh,
2: Oh, it was. It was gorgeous. It was hot, but it was fun. It was nice, hot, and everybody got to sit around the pool at night. And Oh, the blood moon. Talk about extraordinary. Wasn't that amazing?
0: Where are you the, from?
2: Oh, I'm from uh, Northern California. Oh, okay. I actually originally am from Portland, Oregon, mm-hmm. and um, I'm living here in Nevada, California in Marin County, one of okay. the richest counties in the world, Really it's beautiful. Oh, yeah, it's beautiful wow. here. We call this Hollywood North, because mm. all the stars live up here mm-hmm. in seclusion.
0: Because <laughs> you said it was hot, and... um. And, and, and it's not it's 103 degrees here so <laughs> that was cool to me
2: that was cool to you well no for me it was hot but you mm-hmm. know it was it was an extraordinary event but you know what can I say the weather in California is just beautiful no matter where you are so yeah there you go
0: yeah amen to that so it was a lot of fun so now you do a lot of stuff you do the radio show you put on conferences uh, well you have a whole network right
2: I do I am quite um confused about how this all happened to me, mm-hmm. and I think that's we're going to talk a little bit about that, but it's it's so amazing, Alejandro. what happened was in two thousand thousand and nine I almost died, and when this happened to me, I felt like something had been done to me, and that's enough whole story for another day, but when I came out of this three months of recuperating and over two weeks in the hospital and four days in ICU, I realized that, well, first of all, I lost all my clients. They couldn't wait around for me to get better. And I thought to myself, what a horrible world we live in that I hear. I, you know, I work with these people for years and years and then three or four months go by and they can't wait to have their bookkeeping done or their, their administration done for their businesses or whatever. Everything is now, now, now and I've got to uh-huh. have it now. And I thought, I can't do this anymore. I can't work for regular businesses, nonprofits, corporations. I was doing work for Salesforce.com, for private individuals, for consulting firms. And, And I just said, you know, that's it. I mean, I was almost penniless. I only had a few months savings, you know, saved up for emergency and I exhausted it all, lost all my clients. I said, I'm not going to do this anymore. I had been in my past a promoter for speakers and authors and keynote speakers and, you know, those type of people and consultants that went into like Lawrence Livermore Lab and taught training Hmm. seminars. And I thought, you know what? I can do this by myself. I don't need anybody else. So that's where it kind of began. And I thought, what's the other thing I love more than anything in the world? And that was listening to Art Bell and mm-hmm. Coast to Coast. Mm-hmm. So I thought, that's it. And, and George, of course, um, you know, later on. But, you know, my first real experience was listening to Art. And I called it going to the School of Art Bell because every night I'd get an education. And I listened faithfully. I mean, I'd fall asleep at night, you know, listening to Art Bell. I even took a job as a waitress in the evening so that I would come home from work just in time for the show. And then, you know, fall asleep about four or five o'clock in the morning after listening to Coast to Coast. So, I mean, my whole life was revolving around it. And, you know, not that it was totally revolving around it because I was producing events and doing all kinds of things. I ran a music and dance festival in San Francisco and I was a professional dancer and had my own company. And, you know, and, and I mean, my life wasn't boring by any stretch of the imagination. But at 10 o'clock every night Pacific, I was in front of my radio at the time. So... Anyhow, so I said to myself after almost dying, what is it I love more than anything? And that was the, you know, the Art Bell show and all that surrounds it. You know, the whole phenomena, everything, UFOs, aliens, conspiracy, what have you. I'm going to start managing those type of people instead of managing, you know, uh, diversity trainers and, uh, you know, negotiation trainers and those type of people. So I said, that's it. That's what I'm going to do. So I started out. The first thing I did is I went to a conference. And I asked around uh, if people needed help. And mm-hmm. the next thing I know, I was inundated. I mean, it was just absolutely mm-hmm. phenomenal. I mean, everybody needs help. Uh-huh. Little did I know back then that it's a little more difficult in this genre to actually make a living. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's okay. I didn't mind. And I plugged in and I, then I went to work for myself as a bookkeeper part-time. So Quick question. Book- yeah, yeah.
0: What Do you remember what conference that was?
2: Yes, I do. It was uh-huh. Conspiracy Con 2010.
0: Oh, okay. And that's in the is that was that in Southern California?
2: No, that's in uh, was in Northern California for ten years. Brian uh-huh. William Hall put it on. I actually helped him produce the last two or three. Uh-huh. And uh, amazing guy, but uh, as usual in this field, somehow all of his money was stolen through a ticketing agency. Oh, weird. And yeah, and he's lost everything, so he's having to start over again. Mm-hmm. So I wish him well, and I hope he can do it because Conspiracy Con is, you know, very missed here in the Bay Area. So mm-hmm. anyhow, so I'm there. I do all this, you know, I meet all these people, and I finally start managing two or three people. But, of course, I'm building up my bookkeeping clients at the same time because I realize this isn't going to make me a living. <laughs> so uh, I'm doing all that, and everything's coming along fine. So fast forward to May of 2000. Well, I would say, no, October of 2010. I'm at, this is four months after Conspiracy Con. I'm at the, the last Bay Area UFO Expo. And I decided about a week before the last Bay Area UFO Expo that I was going to start a MUFON group. Mm-hmm. And so I said, well, who do I t- contact? So I get on the Internet. I find that Ruben Uriarte is the MUFON director here in Northern California, and I see that he's going to be at the Bay Area UFO Expo. So I hightailed my little hiney down there, and uh, I, I walk in the door, and I walk right up to Ruben, and I say... Guess what? I'm starting a MUFON group in Marin and Sonoma County. And he looked at me and he laughed. and He goes, well, you know, that's to be decided. But go talk to Les Velez. He's my assistant director, state director, and he'll help you out. I said, okay, great. So I walk in the room and as I'm walking down the, you know, the vendor rooms, they're, they have lots of tables and aisleways and what have you. So I'm walking down the vendor room and this man comes running up to me, just like Alice in Wonderland, the rabbit. He comes running up to me and he goes, where have you been? And I said, Well, I've been right here. <laughs> and he says to me, Well, we got work to do. And I said, Okay. And he kind of grabs my arm and we take off. And it's Robert Perala. It's the very first day I ever met Robert Perala. And he thought, for some reason to this day, he still thinks I was somebody from his past that he would have been Oh,
0: how funny. With
2: and I've never met him before in my Uh life and he doesn't know who that person was all he knows is that when he saw me he immediately knew we were going to be working together and I said oh okay that's weird and he goes I thought I'd worked with you at a nonprofit years ago in Santa Cruz I said no I've never seen you before in my life but anyhow it took us weeks to get to that point so um, anyhow so he whisked me away and the next thing I know Jordan Maxwell's talking to me and all these people and I just I introduced myself to all of them as a you know a manager producer you know whatever you need kind of person and i met like everybody that day i mean i was just it was amazing everybody that was at that ufo conference that is anybody came up to me and introduced themselves gave me their card and i've become fast friends with many of them what year was that 2010
0: oh okay yeah because i'm i was at the last the last one—it was the only one I think I was able to go to. That
2: was on Halloween Day. It was Sunday, October thirty-first. I'll never forget it.
0: Mm. Yeah, So you
2: were there, so I missed you. Somehow I missed you. I met every—I thought I met everybody, but you know, when you're at that that kind of event and you're going— Oh, to yeah,
0: it's overwhelming with so many people, especially when you're meeting new new people and and starting new projects and getting excited and planning.
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was amazing. And anyhow, so from that point on, Robert Peral has been by my side, helping me produce a lot of the events that I've been doing. He thought it was a great idea. Because Vicky Jack, who put on the UFO con- um expo that was her last year of doing it she couldn't do it anymore after that she also lost quite a bit of money and you know things i hate to say it folks but this is not the this, don't get into this if you want to make a living mm-hmm. you get into producing these type of conferences because you love it and it's your passion that's that's why you do it you know seriously exactly yeah it's it's nothing to say oh yeah i'll be able to put food on the table or feed my cats
0: <laughs> and that's what's scary about the conferences because i've i've been involved with some that have lost money which is just that that it it's usually wh- because the uh, expenses are so high exactly. the potential for losing money if you're going to lose money it's usually not a little bit of money you're losing it's quite a bit yeah. So it takes a lot of organizing, a lot of faith and uh, unfortunately- a lot of praying. Yeah,
2: <laughs> seriously. Yeah, I'm I three weeks um, out to my next conference and I'm, I'm doing a lot of praying today. So mm-hmm. we'll talk about that in a little bit. But anyhow, so uh, fast forward, it's May of 2010. And in 2011, yeah, it was 2011, May of 2011, I'm now managing several people, and I'm talking to a woman in Hawaii that wants me to help her out. I'd heard her on a radio show, and she was very extraordinary she said something Alejandro, that will never leave my mind Hmm. she really clicked something in for me she said the gray aliens have locked our dna and she said they did it on an energetic level so that we can never rebuild our dna to go to this three or four or five strand that we're supposed to go to to ascend supposedly And I thought that was really, really interesting. So I called her out of the blue. I called her one day and I said, you know, I'd love to manage you, blah, blah, blah. And so we ended up kind of working together for a while. But one day on the phone in June, the very first part of June in 2011, I'm sitting here and I made a real conscious decision. And I can't explain it to people, but I knew that in my soul that I was going to do something for the community and i didn't know what it was but i just kind of gave myself over to god or the spirits or the aliens or i don't know who and i said work with me how you will i don't care i'll do whatever you need me to do okay i just i made a real i don't know why it happened why i was on the phone with her either but uh, she is an angel lady and she's Said I'm gonna you know work with you on that and I'll send you a crystal. And we're talking about these things and I just had this overwhelming sensation that I was turning myself over to the forces and letting them take me wherever I needed to go. And in that second, Alejandra, I swear to you, and it, I just it blew my mind. I'm on the phone with her. There is a helicopter. It it's it's over the house instantly. When I had that overwhelming sensation. And I didn't hear it come. I didn't hear, you know, I didn't hear anything. All I know is that the house is almost shaking. It's only about 100 feet above the house. It's circling the house with nose down. And I know this because I sent my roommate out to take a look at it. I held the phone up and I said, listen to that. And she goes, yeah, I can hear it. And I said, they, they just appeared. And she goes, oh, my God. And I was having flashes of Carla Turner. I was like, oh, my God, the military guys are here. They're going to get me. You know, I'm doing UFO stuff. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm kind of freaking out. But I thought, well, okay. And then I heard it. you know, after about a minute of practically shaking the house, it slowly takes off into the distance. Mm -hmm. So um, and my roommate said there were two guys, one sitting on the side looking out, and they were completely covered in these bubble helmets. So you couldn't see their faces. So
0: you think that the helicopter was related to your
2: my feeling, my yeah. giving myself over to the consciousness or the universe and just saying, do with me what you will. Uh-huh. It was very intriguing. Now, this this plays into what happens next. So in September of 2011, I take off uh, to go to the Awakening Aware conference that uh, Bill Ryan and Carrie Cassidy are putting on down in Irvine, right next to where we were, actually at the Hotel Irvine. It's right down the street. And I get there and... The woman from Hawaii meets me there, and we're staying at an Airbnb house, and everything's great, and Friday night, Duncan O'Finian, one of the super soldiers, is speaking, and so his his girlfriend uh, named Axe. It's the first time she's ever spoken, and you know what? I'm not going to tell this story tonight because it's too long, but bottom line (laughs) is she said something very intriguing, and I wanted to talk to her about it later. And I'll tell that part of the story. Anyhow, so the next day we go back and we run into Duncan and his girlfriend and we start talking and they agreed with me that, that we should put on some type of event for the super soldiers. And I said, oh, that would be, you know, that's awesome. Let's do it. What have you. So we go back to the, the room, the Airbnb room. And I, I realized I hadn't checked my email all day. I thought, oh my gosh, people are looking for me. I better check my email. So I sit on the bed and I pop open the laptop and I think to myself, and and the woman I was with that was in Hawaii listening on the phone the day the helicopter came over the house had just walked out of the room and gone to her room to get ready for bed. And I pop open the laptop and I think, I wonder if blah, blah remembers the day the helicopter came over the house. And wouldn't you know it, Alejandro, the second I thought that, A helicopter is over that house in Anaheim, and I'm sitting there going, oh, my God, I really freaked out this time. It was really low again. I never heard it coming. It was just there, and I'm freaking out. So I think to myself, oh, my God, I've got to go out, and I've got to look at it. But I couldn't get out the front door, so the best next best thing for me was get to the window and look up. So I head to the window, I look up and I don't see a helicopter. What I see are three glowing orange, ember, red lights like a fire in a circular formation. I mean, they're circular and they're in a triangle formation above the house and they're pretty low. (laughs) And <laughs> I'm thinking to myself, that's not a helicopter. What is that? And I can't make out a shape. All I can see are the three lights. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if it was three orbs in a triangle formation or if it was actually a solid ship. I'll never know because I couldn't tell. I was so freaked out that I backed up in the room and I stood there for about five seconds, maybe 10, and I said, oh, my God, I got to go to bed. And isn't that odd I just thought to myself later, I thought, why would I ever just go to bed and go to sleep mm-hmm. after that type of experience? you think you'd be up all night freaking out, right? But I wasn't. It was like it, it happened, then it didn't happen, and I was going to bed. And to this day, which I find very intriguing, and you hear this from a lot of experiencers, is that I have to wake up every day and remind myself that that incident happens. It's like someone has is trying to erase that memory from me. And it's a constant battle to keep it in in my head and in my consciousness. So I'm throwing that out to everybody because I want them to understand that I know what they're talking about. When people say, well, I just can't remember... I don't know why I didn't grab a camera or, yeah, I forgot about it for 20 years. We never talked about it. I understand that they actually are probably going into your consciousness and altering it so that you keep forgetting these incidences that happen or or you don't hold them within your, your memory banks, basically. And yeah, anyhow. Mm-hmm.
0: Is this questions? the incident that happened in November of 2014?
2: No, no. This is a that's another one, and that's a really a great story. So okay,
0: go for anyhow, it. I want to hear so, this one.
2: Yeah. So I anyhow. So that freaked me out. Now here's the kicker on this one. Okay. The next morning, I get up and I say to everybody, "Did you hear that helicopter last night? Because it literally happened within you know less than five minutes of them walking into the other room, and they all went, no, we didn't hear a thing.'" Hmm. So then I really got freaked out because then I think to myself, oh, my God, they're putting sounds in my head. They're making me think they're there and they're not.
0: Or, I mean, a a helicopter, I mean, California here, there's helicopters over all the time, just like planes, and you just kind of don't notice it.
2: This was so low, Alejandro. It was so loud and so low that I thought the whole neighborhood was going to wake up. Literally, mm-hmm. I thought, and this is really late. This is like one or two o'clock in the morning. There's no sounds out. It was so low, and it was so loud. See, that's the thing. It, 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 and I actually believe to this day that it was in my head, that they mm. projected that sound into my head, because it was almost deafening for me.
0: So, Who, who do you think uh, projected that sound?
2: Whoever was in charge of those three orbs or that ship that was over the house that mm. day. And I still, to this day, haven't quite figured out why. But I have a theory, and we'll talk about that when I tell you about my next sighting, which is kind of extraordinary, too.
0: The November one?
2: Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. This one is this one is funny because <laughs> I got I got in my car. It's a MUFON day. I have my MUFON meeting in Petaluma, and I'm thinking to myself, I get in the car, and it's been a rough year for me, Alejandro, a really rough year financially and a mm-hmm. lot of other things. And um, I got in the car that day, and I said, that's it. I'm not going to do this anymore. I'm going to quit. You know how everybody quits the UFO community, right? That <laughs> uh, I was, I was done. That was it. And I made a real, again, a very conscious spiritual decision that I couldn't do it anymore and they were going to have to let me go. And it was over. And I was going to do my MUFON meeting and one more conference and then I was bowing out forever and getting a real job, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm sitting there. I made this decision in the car, and I get to the meeting. We have a fun meeting, but I'm a little depressed because I know I'm leaving. I'm not telling anybody I'm leaving, but I know I'm leaving. Mm
0: -hmm. You know what's uh, funny, too, is that occasionally you'll see people on Facebook or otherwise say, I'm done, guys. Uh, It's been fun. See you later. (laughs) And they never leave.
2: I know. And you're like, I you know. see him
0: at the very next meeting or at the very next event, and you're like, what happened? Oh, you know, I decided not to. It's funny.
2: I know, it is. Actually, it, it, I, I have to laugh because now here's what happens. Mm-hmm. So I make this really great decision. I'm done. It's over. That's the end of it. And we go, we have the meeting, and we go out to dinner like usual. We all hang out together. There's like 20 or 30 of us that go out to dinner. And one of the guys comes up to me and he says, Laurie and I got a new night vision goggle. We got to go out and look at the stars tonight before we all leave. And I said, oh, I don't want to do it in the parking lot at the restaurant. I said, well, you guys go ahead. If you want to do it, you know, do it without me. And because I just wanted to get home. I was not in the mood to do anything that day. And he said, no, no, we we want to go back to the parking lot at the building where we have the meeting. It's darker there. And I said, oh, no, don't do that because the police will show up. And I'm the only one who's got a key to the building and look <laughs> get ugly and, you know, what have you. And they're going to arrest you. <laughs> and he said, please come back with us. And I said, oh, darn, okay, for an hour. I said, no more than an hour. So we get back to the parking lot and there's about seven or eight of us, maybe nine of us there couple of them leave there's four or five people around this goggle on this tripod, and they're looking up to the heavens and Diane, one of my friends, is standing back about we're about eight or ten feet away from them, and i've got my arms crossed and i'm looking up a little bit like a forty five degree angle above a tree there's a big willow tree there in the parking lot i'm looking up and I said to diane i said we'll never see anything and <laughs> the second I said that. A black triangle with three lights in the corner and something in the middle, which I could never, I can't make out still to this day. Hi, and welcome to Sovereign Filing Solutions. Materializes over that tree as big as life. I mean, huge. It was like a Volkswagen in the sky, you know, right above this tree. And we're looking at it and. And I'd start screaming, UFO, UFO. And all the people are looking in the goggle because <laughs> they mm. think it's way up there. And this thing's low. It's like right over, you know, the town. And I'm just like, UFO, UFO. And then I, and it, it was there for, and this is interesting. It it kind of shimmered. I thought to myself my first thought was, God, the guy doesn't know how to drive the thing. It's wobbling. <laughs> but I found out later from another very well-trained UFO military investigator. He said, oh, that was probably the plasma field uh, wavering because they came out of, they were decloaking and you could see the plasma field wavering. So it looks like it's, it, it's wobbling, but it's not. It's just the, the field around the ship. Hmm. And I said, oh, how interesting. I had no idea. And then what it did is it slowly started to move off uh, northward, and then it took off like a bullet, and it was gone. It turned out the lights, too. As soon as it uh, decloaked and the plasma field stopped shaking, it went black, and all you can see is this giant black triangle, and it was gone. Wow, was how weird. <laughs> yeah, it was really a, a trip. Anyhow... And instead of being all thrilled, I finally saw my first, you know, spacecraft. I went home and I was mad.
0: Oh, really? <laughs>
2: I was so mad. I was so angry of no idea. I thought to myself, oh, dang, you guys, you know, I wanted out and look what you did. You finally showed me a spacecraft after 50 years, you know.
0: And so oh, you were I- like, I've got to stay now.
2: Yeah, I was. What have you done like, to well, me? Well, you know, what's the odds of them showing up the day I'm deciding to leave? Mm-hmm. But now, see, this leads to my whole intrigue about the whole UFO community. Mm-hmm. It's what, who's controlling who here and how much control over our minds do they have?
0: I'm controlling everyone and everyone's <laughs> minds.
2: Uh, and open minds, that's right. Yeah,
0: nobody's <laughs> asked. That's why I haven't <laughs> told anybody and nobody knows, but <laughs> since you brought it up... No,
2: I'm. Oh, that's Go wild! Ahead. Gosh, I hadn't thought about that. Yeah, oh. see. Oh no, shoot! Well, anyhow, so that was my whole intrigue with that. Now I got to tell you what's what else happened to me mm-hmm. that's very funny, and it's all your fault, Alejandro. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, it's the International UFO Congress. fault. Well. About two years ago at International UFO Congress, I'm sitting in an experiencer meeting, and it's the only one I ever really went into. And I was only there for about 20 minutes, and because they got kind of freaked out when they realized a kind of quote-unquote journalist was in the room. Mm -hmm. And I said, I'm not just a journalist. You know, I've had things happen to me too. They're they're not UFO and alien related, but I've been pretty psychic my whole life, and that's another whole story. And I'm actually writing a book about it. It's called Being Lorian, Mm -hmm. Being with a dot, and then Lorian. (laughs) <laughs> because uh, I, it started out with my whole manifesting a rabbit when I was eight years old and it just got weirder since hmm. then. But anyhow, that again, another story for another day, but um,
0: like an aportation type of thing.
2: Well, I, you know, in a nutshell, I was at a, at a, um, what was it? A state fair or county fair. And I fell in love with this rabbit. And then the next thing I know, there's one in our driveway when we drive home hmm. and, I had, again, gone into that same space, that whole spiritual space of giving over to love, basically, and for the love of the rabbit, I suppose. But I have a new theory about that. My Mm. theory now is that upon my death in this timeline, I go back and put that rabbit there, Hmm. and it becomes the propeller, you know, like (laughs) the, the catalyst for me to do everything I'm doing now.
0: Interesting.
2: Yeah, if that rabbit hadn't been there, I may not have gotten involved Mm -hmm. in any of this stuff.
0: So I'm sorry, I, I but I sidetracked you from the the UFO Congress.
2: Oh yes, okay, it's all your fault, as I was saying. I'm sitting in the experiencer meeting, and there's a guy two seats down from me who's seen UFOs. Okay, so he's talking about that, and then about one or three or four seats to my right, they get to that woman. And she she starts talking about having uh, sex with an alien, a reptilian, and she's enjoying it, and you know, blah blah blah. I'm sitting there and I'm going, "Oh my god!" There's such a disconnect between all the experiences. This, is, what, what are we going to do about this? It was my whole like, "Oh my god!" Epiphany moment of it just runs the gamut. You know, we have everything from I just saw a ship to. Um, you know, I'm going on the ships every night and I'm flying in and I'm, I'm, I'm a DNA replicator baby making machine. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, I have no idea. It's just it's it's like a free for all circus out there. Right. So I thought, OK, that's it. I'm going to put on a conference where we start breaking down the different types of experiencers because there's channelers there's you know abductees there's contactees there's telepathic communication contactees and then my favorite is the unconscious contactee and that is the person like myself who's never seen an et or had communication with them but is drawn to all these conferences and is just fascinated by the genre and you know the subject matter So I I thought to myself, okay, I'm putting on a conference for this. And then the next thing I know, I'm starting to write a book about it. (laughs) Hmm. And it's called Redefining the Experiencer. Because Mm -hmm. as I was doing my research into this, Alejandro, I realized no one's defined or redefined the experiencer since Alan J. Hynek. And it was 1972 in his book, The UFO Experience, A Scientific Inquiry. And that's where we got close encounters of the first, second, third, fourth, fifth, and whatever kind. And no one's really sat down and said, okay, what's going on here? How many different types of contact is really going on?
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And, I mean, it's changed so much. You know, our idea of it has changed completely. And obviously, this is not from a scientific perspective.
0: Mm-hmm. You know, It's interesting. But, I mean, we were talking about this, of course, I've had on Kathleen Martin, and and she and Denise Stoner uh, did an inventory where it's it's, uh, anecdotal information, but people who identify as experiencers or abductees. And then we also, um, you know, Barbara Lamb uh, did a talk about the different types of entities uh, that I think is one of the best when it comes down to. You know, people experiencing and what they experience with these, uh, uh, well, and what they they say they experience. But I thought that was it was a very intriguing and interesting idea. And on your website, and this is for the event coming up in just a few weeks, right?
2: Oh yeah, yeah, it's um. Uh, UFO Con the Experiencer event, is going to be held in Sacramento, California, and Barbara Lamb actually is going to be giving her presentation on that at mm-hmm. that event, which is going to be extraordinary, of course. And we're going to break out, here's what we're doing, we're breaking out the Experiencer groups into six different groups, and let me get to the website, because I've got to remember what the different groups are. Off the top <laughs> of my head, there is a uh, group for people who have experienced contact with greys and reptilians, I think Mm -hmm. we have another group for people who experience angelic or Nordics or Plajarins or Palladian type of humanoid entities. We have another group for people who have only seen a UFO or have never seen anything at all. And then we have a group later in the evening for people who have had nothing but positive experiences and also a group for people who are having nothing but negative experiences Mm -hmm. and want it all to stop. And I believe there's one more group, but I can't remember what it is right now. But basically, that's what we're doing. That was we, that's know, all of
0: them. Or no, telepathic only. But yeah, I think you telepathic. said that. Yeah, mm-hmm. telepathic.
2: Yeah, we find that interesting because that's like the channelers and the people who are or psychics that uh, give other people information or see dead people. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know that type of thing. We want to know what that's all about too. And and the reason we're putting people together of the same ilk. Is because it's important, I think, that they sit with each other for longer periods of time than, like, you know, 30 seconds or up to three minutes, uh, sharing their experiences with other people who aren't having their experience. Mm-hmm. They need to be around the same type of experiencers to get really even digging deeper into what makes these maybe happen for all of them, mm-hmm. Make the, makes these experiences happen for them in particular. You know, there, there may be a common thread, and this is where Free is coming down the road also at the same time. And I find it extraordinary their research project into their, their surveys that they're doing right now. So their surveys are kind of like doing the, you know, behind the scenes data gathering, whereas I'm putting the people in the room to do the actual physical talking to each other mm-hmm. type of inter- interaction. So, you know, hopefully, you know, the two will meet at some point. I've offered to free, and I'm sure they're going to take me up on it at any point now, that the Experiencer event becomes a free event. So that we're working together, and it's the Experiencer event.
0: Not free. free as in, well, free as in no cost, but <laughs> no, uh, free, free being an organization. The,
2: free is the organization,
0: correct? Mm-hmm. Right?
2: And uh, we'll work together. Because I also
0: know a guy named Free... In Roswell, actually, he helped put on the Roswell conferences. So there's three different frees that that I think of. I almost thought, funny thing is, I almost thought, oh, she knows free uh, for a second there. Yeah.
2: Oh, shoot. Well, anyhow, so, you know, it's 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 extraordinary how quickly this whole experiencer thing is exploding onto the whole UFO scene. Mm-hmm. And I think it's time, Alejandro, that the scientific research, which MUFON does quite a bit of and a lot of other researchers do out there, has its own place because, you know, I I love UFOs. Don't get me wrong. The technology is extraordinary, and I love the secret space program stuff, and, you know, I'm really into UFOs, but the consciousness and the alien contact is becoming its own thing within the whole UFO I
0: agree with you. I think that, you know, like at the UFO Congress, it's a big event. It's five days, I mean, and so we do try to – encompass uh everything around the ufo alien uh kind of uh, experience so that's our goal is to try to give a wide swath of the entire field but uh, i agree with you and i don't think it's a problem where other groups that are smaller they don't necessarily need to tackle everything they can focus on just the individual pieces and i think that we'll all find that there are a large amount of people who are are interested in these little niche areas inside of here like the one you've discovered which i find uh fascinating because i think it'll be so interesting to have these people who feel like they've had these similar experiences to be together and to talk about that um because like you said these are you know niches niches inside of, uh, the experiencer, uh,
2: exactly issue. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, we learned a lot about this from my super soldier and mind control conferences because people were coming up to me at these events and saying, Mm -hmm. Lorian, this is the first time I've ever been in a room with other people experiencing the same thing I do and they were just overwhelmed with gratitude because they didn't know where to go or what to do now we're much more organized in the UFO community so i can put on a conference and put it out there to everybody yeah we're doing this you know experimental event that is going to help experiencers you know the best we can and i'm i'm hoping quite a few people will attend but we're just more organized. I mean, they find out about it quicker, faster, better, easier, and the groups are much more organized as well. So, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm just, you know, I'm really proud of the UFO community for taking the steps they do. And I'm really happy that I'm able to help them, you know, mm-hmm. define it even further down the road for them. Yeah, so, it's yeah, always, I, mm-hmm. yeah, go ahead.
0: I was just going to say it's always something that we often try to because even when we take like the abduction uh, phenomena uh, at the Congress I try to balance that as well as far as the speakers who believe it's very positive uh, versus not uh, for instance I don't know let's see uh, last year we had Daryl Sims who thinks it's a real negative experience uh, whereas uh, James Gilliland thinks it's all really positive uh, and this year we have, I think this year is going to be interesting because we have David Jacobs, who believes it's a real neg- negative sort of thing. And yeah. he's a retired professor. And we have another retired professor, uh, Joe Lewels, who believes it's all a positive experience. And luckily they're both academics. Uh, we'll have Avon and Barbara there to do a panel where they can discuss their, their ideas and their different perspectives, um, Together, and they're all professional people, so I'm sure they'll do it in a very professional manner. I think that's going to be terribly interesting.
2: Oh, I can't wait. But I'm you're excited. right.
0: There <laughs> are all of these different, uh, and I think that, you know, there's no doubt people, we get that. People come out of, let's say, a Daryl Sims meeting and there's some of them are like, oh, Daryl's right on, he's got it. And some of them are like, oh, that was so negative and, and it just freaked me out. Whereas you go to someone like James Gilliland and then you have the guys, oh, he's, you know, got these rose-colored glasses on, he's not seeing things as they are. <laughs> and, but, the, you know, others saying that was so wonderful, I felt so great there. So I could see, you know, especially how, you know, people who are really having, a hard time with what they're perceiving as these these negative experiences, wanting to be together. Uh, oh,
2: absolutely! I, and the absolutely. other
0: side wanting to be together amongst people who feel similarly as well.
2: Yeah, no, it's it's going to be interesting, and of course, all to open minds immediately (laughs) if there's anything extraordinary that comes out of it. Let you guys keep you guys in the loop, as Mm -hmm. I say. But uh, yeah, so, you know, a lot of fun stuff coming down the road for me and the book coming out is going to be wonderful. And I'm going to be interviewing quite a few experiencers in Mm -hmm. the book. I've uh, contacted about 30 people and they're all ready to, you know, be in the book. They all want to be in the book. And they aren't – I'm using quite a few well-known people in the community, but I'm also including people that no one's ever heard about. So they get some new stories because – Yeah. I have been contacted over the last 3 years by people that will not come on the record and talk about their stuff. Hmm. If they if people know their name and what have you, but they'll go in my book under a, you know, like John Smith and tell their extraordinary story and people are just going to be blown away. I have uh, I have had a guy. I've had a couple people actually come on my radio show under a different name. And tell their story and they've mm. never gone in anybody else's show nor will they ever again mm-hmm. only because you know they felt comfortable doing it with me and that's nice and I really appreciate that but I, I still think anybody who has these extraordinary stories really needs to start coming out and um getting it out there but it's hard for people some people just don't want this to be their life and i don't blame them i mean after what's happened to all of us you know we uh, you know i tell people i said don't get into this this is what you're going to do for a living because it's not a living it's a passion it's a calling it's something you do because you want to help other people it's almost like going into the monastery
1: mm-hmm. <laughs>
2: In a lot of weird ways. I wanted to be a nun when I was in Catholic grade school when I was younger. like I'm kind of doing it in a weird way.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, and I know, I'm sure the interest will be high because uh, we always, even though we have our experiencer sessions really early in the morning at the UFO Congress and, and late at cool. night, they're always packed and uh, they're, they're packed. overflowing. In fact, people get there late and they just can't get in. So they're just yeah. out of luck. Um, So i this ought to be really interesting. Breaking it up like this,
2: yeah, it's going to be fun. So mm-hmm. anyhow, and I have a couple other just quick things to mention. Okay, I um, did
0: want to say one more thing. Sure. That I I think this book is going to be really interesting because I'm sure you'll be like you said you'll base it off of these stories. So that'll be a novel idea. I think a novel idea for a novel, but this isn't a novel. <laughs> this will be nonfiction. But uh, I think it's going to be. Uh, really yeah, enlightening it's
2: time it's it's mm-hmm. time i mean a lot of other people have skirted it they've gotten close to it they've made their own definitions and what have you but i just yeah. i think i have enough people that i'm in contact with within the whole ufo community that can advise me on whether they think that i'm missing something or if i should add something or or what's going on but yeah definitely we've got oh. to break it down to a new new stage of development because, i wanted yeah. yeah go ahead
0: i wanted to ask you about one more thing Uh, that I've noticed it kind of new camps in here. And uh, maybe hear your thoughts on this. Uh, This is not new, the demonic, you know, people thinking that they're demons and the demons from the Bible. But it seems like there's a a new kind of thing coming to the scene, where it's the opposite, where there are more um, religious minded people who are believing that these are angels and uh, kind of a a counter to the to the demon abduction people that this is an angelic experience.
2: Oh, it's so funny you're asking me this today of all days. Last uh-huh. night on my radio show, I had Joe Jordan on. And mm-hmm. Joe was... And I don't know if you noticed that I was with Joe at my yeah. table over the weekend at MUFON. And uh, wow, what an experience that was meeting that man. And it's so synchronistic, Alejandro. I was... Um, looking for him, a friend of mine who runs a Christian radio station got a hold of me one day and said, Lorian, you're not being a good uh, alien researcher if you don't (laughs) get Joe Jordan on your show. And I said, but he's so controversial. And he goes, no, you've got to have him. Promise me you'll have him. He goes, swear to God you'll have him. I said, okay, I'll do it for you, Glenn. His name is Glenn Kennedy. He's an interesting guy in the Patriot community, actually. And I said, okay, fine. So you know, I'm looking for Joe Jordan, and I'm looking all over the place, and I finally find his website, and then I emailed him, and he says, "Well, I don't know how it's, how easy it's going to be for me to do a radio interview. I'm living in South Korea," and I said, "Oh, okay, we'll work it out. Give Skype, you know, blah blah." So, it, and then he says, "Yes, uh, I can do it on this date." I said, "Okay, great." Then about two weeks ago, right before the conference, he emails me. Guess what? The one and only time I have to go to the United States this year is next is in two weeks or whatever, and it's Saturday night of the weekend that you're going to be at the MUFON Symposium. Mm-hmm. I said, how extraordinary is that? He goes, I will come and find you on Sunday. I said, please do. So there he shows up on Sunday to the the MUFUN symposium and we sat for, gosh, at least four or five hours just yakking it up for hours and hours and had a great time. And I learned so much about religion and aliens and what his mission is and, and how it's working for him. So going back to your question, yes, there is a huge group of people out there right now that are tapping in to the spiritual consciousness part of the whole alien abduction or contact scene. The people who are having positive contact don't usually end up down the route with Joe Jordan, where they they're invoking the name of Jesus Christ to get rid of the alien, you know, problem that they're mm-hmm. having only the people, It seems, and Joe and I had a long conversation about this. It only seems that people who are having negative end up in the God camp. I call it. And, It's extraordinary to me that it's his his proposal or his, his synopsis or his theory that you say you invoke the name of Jesus Christ and tell these entities to leave that they're going in most cases. And to be honest with you, Alejandro, I didn't think I heard about Joe many years ago. About six months ago, a woman came to me and she's been having horrible contact where she gets taken all the time and she hates it and in whatever. And I said to her, I said, you know, maybe that whole invoking the name of God thing might work. Check Joe Jordan out. He's up on a website, blah, blah, blah. Did you ask her, how do
0: you feel about Jesus? I did. You Mm -hmm. know, actually,
2: I asked her, I said, are you Christian? And she goes, well, not really, but Mm -hmm. I'm starting to wonder if it isn't important. And I said, well, what does that mean? She goes, well, it may be important in this whole scheme of... demons and aliens and I said Hmm. you know you got a point so I said try it let me know if it works so here we go I (laughs) about uh, two months ago I saw her at a MUFON meeting and she came up to me and says Lauren you're not going to believe this it's working I said, you're kidding. I said, I've never met anybody that said it worked. But I've never really told anybody to use it either. So she goes, yeah, it's working. So, you know, it's it's really helping. I said, okay, great. Good, good. So, you know, I don't know if Joe's onto something. I don't know if they are demons. And, you know, not to downplay what he's doing. Because I think what he's doing is extraordinary. And people who are having horrific contact need a support system. They need something that will work to help them. Um. so, yeah, I mean, it's a great thing to be doing. So I, I and not to downplay it again, I just want to say that maybe it's not that it's you're invoking the name of Jesus Christ, maybe it's the intent behind it. Mm-hmm. And well, he and I had that discussion, and mm-hmm. if you're, if you really want them to go and you're getting in command of, you know, your mind and you're using Jesus as a focal point to to, you know uh, to tell them to leave and, and take command of your consciousness and your reality, maybe you just need the name Jesus Christ but with all the intention behind it. Mm-hmm. And that may be the key. You may not have to be a believer. You may not have to be a Christian. You may not have to be anything. You may just have to seriously want them to leave. And one of the biggest problems I see in the whole UFO community and with the experiencers is that even though people are having horrific experiences, it makes them special and unique. And they really don't want it to stop. You have to get to a point where you hit rock bottom, just like in all the AA programs, Hmm. That you just say, I don't want this anymore and you've got to leave me. As a matter of fact, I, I can attest to the fact that I got them to remove an implant. I know I did. I sat down on my bed for two weeks and every night I said, you take out any implants that are in my body and you take them out now. I didn't use the name of Jesus Christ, but my intention was there and I meant it. And I meant it out of, you know, love. I don't I don't know how to explain that, but it's out of love, but it's it's a commanding love where they're not gonna be in control of my life. Okay? So I sat there and two weeks later I wake up and I felt in the very crook of your neck where it indents, I felt such horrible pain and I went in. I thought it was bleeding. That's how kind of wet it felt. I went into the kitchen. I asked my roommate, look at this spot on my neck. Will you lift my hair up? Look at it. And he says, my gosh, it looked like one scalpel and cut out, you know, made an incision and it's about two weeks old and healing. It's all red. And I went, oh my God. And then two days later and I kid you not, Alejandro, (laughs) I'm laying in bed and I wake up and there is no chatter in my head at all total silence for the first time in my entire life I woke up without a thought in my head and I thought and then I thought I had a stroke and I was dying I was because there was nothing going on it was like dead silence in there and I thought to myself oh my god I'm having a stroke I'm dying can I move my limbs that was my first thought in this dead silence in my mind and Suddenly, I start moving, I get up, and I was so peaceful, Alejandro, for the first time in my entire life, I had total peace in my mind. It was like nothing was going on in there, and Mm. I can go there anytime I want now, and it's extraordinary, and I love it. And I thought to myself, "Is this is what normal people feel, then I've been ripped off for my whole life in there, and I know they put a chip in me, and I know it's gone, Mm. so... I know it sounds crackers. I I even tell the story, and I think I'm nuts when I say it. But
0: well, uh, I mean, the way I think of it, for instance, I I can go. I know that peaceful place you're talking about.
2: Exactly. But it
0: took me uh, a long time of regular and long meditation, uh, mainly following like Buddhist kind of uh, uh, protocols or, or ideas and study, and but it was meditation that brought me to that point, and. With all of this, I kind of like the, the Joseph Campbell kind of school of thought, uh, that the metaphors or how you get there is, or even how you believe you got there, um, it's not as important as that you got there, you know? Yeah,
2: yeah. and I, like I said, I'm so thrilled that I have that ability now, mm-hmm. you know? Maybe it's just old age. <laughs> I don't
0: know. Who knows? Been, it, who knows? Who knows? been
2: the implant? It could just yeah. Be old age. Who
0: knows? And it doesn't. Yeah, I, I don't. You know, uh, like who knows? I mean, yeah, who's to know. say? And, who's anybody to say and except for the big
2: moment that I will actually know everything that's happened to me is the moment I die. So you know, yeah. there we we all have the big answer then. So yeah, I hope so. I hope so too.
0: So I had distracted you. You were, were going to bring up something else.
2: Oh, oh, gosh, now I can't remember what it was. But I, <laughs> okay. I did bring up the implant. I have so many stories out well, there. I have it.
0: more questions, so.
2: Oh, do you? Always, Answer, always. Ask me questions. Go ahead. Okay,
0: so I wanted to, I know, like you said, Barbara Land's going to be involved. Um, who else is going to be involved with uh, helping you facilitate these Experiencer meetings, and this is just like, what, October 25th, so not yeah, far away. Yeah, October
2: uh, 24th and 25th is a mm-hmm. conference. On Saturday night, Lori McDonald, she's a hypnotherapist involved with Free and MUFON, and she's based out of Sacramento, so we thought it'd be really fun to have a local gal you know, come on up, and what she's going to do is she's going to break down the whole experiencer uh, type of different um, contact people are having, not necessarily redefining them, but just breaking down what she She has observed in her hypnotherapy practice and her contact groups. And she'll talk about that for about an hour and 15 minutes. But then at the very end, we're going to take a quick break. And then we're going to have a a group, you know, giant group regression meditation. We can't call it a regression. It's definitely not hypnotherapy. I don't want anybody to get the idea that we're going to hypnotize you. Mm -hmm. But we're going to take everybody into a nice, calm, meditative space state and have them all start looking into their minds about what may or may not be going on with contact with extraterrestrials or angels or other type of beings. And she's going to guide everybody through that process to see if they've ever had any experiences because a lot of people believe they've had experiences but just can't remember it so this will be good for the people who have never had an experience that they can remember and it will also be good for the people who have had experiences to take their experience if it was a negative experience and try to mute it, transmute it into a positive type of looking at it instead of being freaked out by it she tries to get everybody to a place where they just observe if they're having problems with it and then also she'll help the people who have had you know really positive experiences just explore that even more so we're going to kind of break it down into three different type of meditative states and she'll work with the whole group at once and it'll be really fun and um, i hope people come out for that because that'll be very extraordinary and then the next day as part of your ticket we're not even charging for these groups you know just like you guys do we're including it in as the price of the ticket, you just get to go to a experiencer group in the morning at 8 o'clock, and then you can go to a second experiencer group in the evening, and that's why we broke out the different types that we did, you know, if you're contacting a certain group of entities in the morning, and then the type of experiences at night, so that way people can go to both, you know. So mm-hmm. you're going to get two groups. You're going to get a meditation. You're going to hear all kinds of extraordinary stories. Um, I have a woman that no one's ever heard of before. She's really interesting. Her name is Tammy Adams, and I'm going to tell a quick story. I hope we have enough time for this. She is a contactee with angels and aliens. She's She grew up her entire life meeting with <laughs> these aliens and that also at the same time she'd be meeting with what she calls angelic beings so she, her whole life has been total extraordinary experiences but she considers herself a psychic as i did when i was younger at conspiracy con 2011 i had just negotiated a deal to get on radio for the very first time and this is a funny story i guess i'll tell this if we've got a moment or two i called a a bunch of radio stations for one of the people I was managing, and I did it late at night, about 11 or 12. It was about midnight. I was dialing all these numbers of these offices and leaving messages for the, the owners of the radio stations to find in the morning to basically say, I've got a guy. He needs a radio show. Would you be interested? Call me. Okay? So this is what I'm doing at midnight one night. So I called this number to this radio station and I hear, oh, people are talking. Then I hear the call letters and I realize, oh my God, I called into the call in number on, you know, they're live on air, right? So I hung up. (laughs) So about 10 seconds later, the phone rings, or 15, whatever, phone rings. And I hear this voice on the other end. Why did you hang up on us? And I'm like, oh, because uh, you're live on air? And he goes, yes, we are. And this is Nighthawk. I'm the owner of Revolution Radio. And, you know, why are you calling me? And I said, he goes, what do you want to talk about? I said, uh, I don't know. It turns out they were having a roundtable discussion, and that meant anybody could call in and mm-hmm. be on the show. And I said, no, I want to do business. Uh, can I? Is there another number I can call tomorrow? He goes, no. If you want to do business with me, you do it live on the air in front of the whole world. <laughs> and I said, okay. So I start this spiel about this guy, and he says at the very end of the spiel, which I didn't know, there's 14 people on on live on air with him in this roundtable discussion, and they're all typing in Skype. We like this lady. We want her to have her own show too. You know, they're doing all this stuff behind my back that I found out later, and. He says to me, he goes, okay, your guy can have a show, but you've got to have a show too. And I said, okay, I'll tell you what, you give him two primetime slots and I'll take one as well, but it's got to be primetime. I figured he would say no. I absolutely thought no. There's no way he's given up three primetime slots for this. So I figured I'd get one primetime slot for my guy, which is what I wanted in the first place. And he says, sure. Sure. Deal done. You start next week. I was like, oh no. And, or he started in a couple of weeks, whatever. And I said, oh no, okay, thank you. And I hung up and I thought, oh shoot, I'm never going to be on radio. There's no way I'm going to be on radio. And I, I said, that's it. I'll have to just weasel out of this one. Okay. So, you know, time goes by. That next weekend is Conspiracy Con. I'm running through the, the vendor room because I'm in charge of the whole vendor room for Conspiracy Con that year. And I'm running through the vendor room and this woman grabs, or not, not grabs me. This is Saturday. She says to me as I'm running by her table, she goes, are you Laurie and Fenton? And I said, yes, I am. And she goes, I need to talk to you. And I said, okay, I'll come back later. And I never got back. Okay. The next day, I'm again running through the vendor room and, do, you know, doing, as you know what it's like, Alejandro, you got seven million things going on. So I'm running to do one of those seven million things and she grabbed, I go by her table again. She grabs me by the arm, throws me into the chair and says, you've got to talk to me. I said, okay, what? She goes, my name is Tammy Adams and your dead boyfriend has been sitting on my bed since Thursday night, at, all night long telling me to tell you, you've got to do the radio show. And I said, what? And she goes, yes. He says, you've got to do the radio show. There will be thousands and thousands and thousands of people listening to you. And here's the kicker, Alejandro. My dead boyfriend says to her, they will be able to hear you. And so I thought, oh, my God. I started crying. I said, okay. I guess I'm doing the radio show after all. I, I, I did not want to get into radio. I had no interest in it at all. As a matter of fact, and I tell this, you know, on, I haven't told this a whole lot, but I had a speech impediment as a child. And so hmm. just talking right now is, is a chore for me, you know? Mm-hmm. It's not as easy as it is for most people. So, um, yeah, so that was an extraordinary experience. But to have uh-huh. the, my four, dead boyfriend sitting on the uh, edge of her bed. I knew then she was definitely some kind of contactee and a very special person. And she'll be presenting about meeting the Greys as a child and talking to angels and all the things she's done over her life. And no one's ever heard of her before. And she's amazing. Hmm. So, you know, I try to bring people that no one has ever seen or heard from before. Yeah. You know, their their presentations aren't as polished as the professionals that you and I are used to dealing with. But they're so heartfelt, their presentations, and people just relate to them. And I'll tell you what, another person I'm bringing that very few people know about is Juliene, Juliana Orko. Uh She's the violin player that... Uh, was on all these cruise ships and playing Las Vegas. And suddenly, one day she had contact with aliens and she became an instant, like, amazing artist and started painting. And now all of her paintings are in galleries and they told her that she needed to do that to connect with people. And she's going to get up and she's going to talk about her contact, and she's going to play the music they inspired for her, and she's just getting out on the circuit now and but she is a, again an extraordinary person with an amazing tale to tell, so yeah, I hope people are you know really interested in seeing some new faces, and they'll they'll be able to do that at our conference so
1: mm-hmm.
2: yeah. that's fun,
0: you know, I'm a big fan, I talk about it all the time about how what we we try to do is try to bring new faces, new people, and people who are doing something or have something important to say. So I totally appreciate that. Yeah, you guys
2: do. Yeah. It's fun That's listening to about- you
0: because it, you have the same excitement about doing that as well, you can tell.
2: Oh, yeah, I love it. There isn't anything like it. Oh, the phone's going off. I guess it's time to ignore them.
0: <laughs> Uh-oh, well, that is our cue. That's our music that no. <laughs> the music came on to wrap up music <laughs> but uh perfect timing so yeah, thank you so much for coming on. Really interesting concept. I'm really excited about what you're doing here, and to see your book where you compile all this information together. Oh
2: yes, and and at some point, don't forget to tell people that you'll be speaking at UFO Con uh, 2016, April 15, 16, and 17 that's in right. San Jose. So San don't Jose. forget that. We're Last start time I
0: think there. I was out there was I always go through Ruben because that's Ruben's area, and I think it was. I think it was South Bay. The last South Bay uh, conference was the last oh, time I was out there, you know, I actually. I forgot to
2: ask you. Let's do a little business yeah. on air live. Um, do you speak Spanish fluently?
0: No. Lo siento, pero no hablo espanol. <laughs> that was well, Spanish for those people who, of course, everybody knows those words. Well,
2: I was going to say, if you did, we're going to be, we have we have added some. Yeah, the Spanish
0: thing. Portion. Yeah, we're That's having a cool.
2: Spanish speaking s- section of uh, UFOCon, UFO con the experience or I forgot yeah. to t- about yeah. and it's you know extraordinary. So if you guys speak Spanish and you know you're hearing our voice and want to hear uh, Victor Camacho, Ruben Uriarte, mm-hmm. um, Victor's wife is doing a, a workshop, and we're going to have some extraordinary special guests that are going to be speaking Spanish as well. So you can you can you know check that out too on the website. The website yeah. is caufocon.com dot That's ca for California, ufocon and that's going to change soon, right, Alejandro? Mm-hmm.
0: And then Lorian Fenton is where you can find everything that you're doing. Lorian L-O-R-I-E-N, Fenton, as it sounds, dot com. And you can find everything you're up to there, right?
2: That's right, yeah. Cool. Thank you very much.
0: No problem. Thank you so much. And uh, I'm sure we'll be talking and we'll see you soon.
2: You bet, Alejandro. Take care. Bye-bye.
0: All right, thank you so much to Lorian for joining us on the show. Um, remember, you can catch her at LorianFenton.com. That's L-O-R-I-E-N Fenton.com, and you'll be able to see her conferences and everything that she's up to there. And uh, we'll look forward to this interesting book that she's writing about all of these uh, experience or different experience or, you know, categories or, or experiences that people have, uh, because there are a lot of differences. And that is kind of interesting. I mean, whether or not you believe it is a physical phenomena, of course, some people believe it could be a psychological phenomena, but uh, uh, others, of course, think it may be very physical um and they're actually talking to third parties out there but uh, either way i mean that there are these different camps or there are different people feeling they're having uh different sorts of experiences but that these experiences can be categorized and inside of these categories that they're similar to each other is really interesting so i i'm really interested in the topic i'm really interested in how she uh goes forward with this and what she discovers so cool stuff thank you so much lorian otherwise thank you to you the listeners for listening once again uh you know we don't get to do a show every week last week we were in mufon and uh, at the mufon symposium and just got us really busy so that's why we couldn't do a show we you probably noticed we didn't have a ufo report either but Uh, We will have, uh, of course, we have this show today, we'll have another one next week, and we'll have a UFO report coming out on Friday, so check that out, really cool stuff, and of course, you can catch the UFO report on our YouTube channel. We actually also have some new t-shirts, so I've already posted this cool flame t-shirt that we have for OpenMinds.tv, you'll find it at the store. And we've got some more too, so I'll post those this week so you can purchase some some cool t-shirts and I'll send out an email for those of you who are are not aware or don't, um, so you guys could see it, you know, if you can't go to the webpage from now until then. But that does remind me, we do have an email newsletter that we're sending out on a regular basis to let you know about some of the cool stories and videos and stuff that we've got going up. Uh, We've got some other cool videos that we're working on we're going to have up real quick too. Uh, I, I won't share what or who or when because I don't know exactly when these will be up, but they'll be up soon. And so uh, to keep up to date on what's coming out when, you know, join our email list. And you can do that by going to our homepage in the upper right-hand side. You'll see a blue box that says join the, the email list. You can also email us at contact at openminds.tv. That's contact at Open Minds TV will update you not only on what's going on on our website and our YouTube page and uh, our store, but also what's going on with the UFO Congress, because that's really exciting. Uh, we're getting lots of new speakers. And I, I mean, we've got pretty much our lineup finished, but you'll notice we don't have everybody up on the website yet. We'll have more this week. And we've really got everybody. We're just waiting for some final confirmations uh... on a few and you guys are going to be really excited about what you see we have some really cool uh... first time ever things happening uh... at the congress as usual and uh... stuff that you guys are really gonna enjoy and uh, i know that it's stuff i'm extremely excited about so we'll have updates and uh, of course we email those updates uh, we try to email bi-weekly so we don't really you know sp- uh... attack your inbox with a bunch of stuff. Uh, at the most, we'll do weekly, but that is uh, rare. It's mostly biweekly, just so you don't have to be afraid about uh, getting an avalanche of emails from us. Uh, but we do want to keep you up to date because this is some cool stuff, and I think lots of you want to be kept up to date. So check that out. I want to thank Caleb Hanks, who does the open and closed music. You can find him at The Clerk Chronicles. Uh, there's a link to that on the radio page at Minds. Dot TV. Uh, and I want to thank, you know, I mentioned what Martin is on the Dark Matters Digital Radio Network with Art Bell. Uh, they rebroadcast our show, which is really cool. I guess one other thing I want to mention, and this is kind of cool news, and I should have mentioned it in the news with Martin, I guess, is that uh, remember we've talked about this uh, conference coming up in November where Travis Walton, is. it's going to be the 40th anniversary He's going to have people go out to the site. We're going to go out to the site on the day, you know, the 40th anniversary of when it happened, even the time at dusk so we can be there with Travis, and he's going to talk about it. Then the next few days, there's going to be some speakers. Uh, We wrote a story about how the police officer, the first to respond, will be at that conference. But there's going to be some witnesses. So some of his fellow colleagues and um, co-workers, some of the lumberjacks he worked with that also experienced this that really have not come forward if ever but uh, rarely to talk about this and they're all going to be there near where it happened to talk about it so not all of the living guys will be there but uh, they might be actually there's there's still some outstanding uh, invitations and discussions going on but a lot of them are going to be there including Mike Rogers so in the movie he was portrayed as kind of the main guy Uh, in the movie. So he'll be there and others. So it's going to be really exciting and uh, really a once in a lifetime kind of opportunity. So be there if you can. You can go to skyfiresummit.com to find out more or just uh, Google Skyfire Summit or Travis Walton Skyfire, something like that. You'll find it. uh, You'll also see that me and others like the Facebook page for the event as well. So check that out. I'll be emceeing. So I'll be there too um and it'll be a lot of fun lee spiegel from the huffington post will be there uh i know uh, jennifer stein who did the travis movie will be there she'll be showing her documentary there um tracy torme the guy who wrote the script for the original fire in the sky movie based on travis walton will be there Uh, James Fox will be there who's working with J.C. Torme to do another movie Uh, of course James Fox did the great documentary Out of the Blue and I Know What I Saw some of the best UFO documentaries out there so uh, there's a whole list of a a lot of other really cool people so hopefully you can make it Noe Torres and Ruben Uriarte my two buddies will be out there but um, OpenMinds.tv under our events page you can also find more information about that so lots of cool stuff Um, And we'll talk to you next week. Adios, muchachos.